All right, now we're going to welcome Gary to the show. Gary, welcome. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me here on the show. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. So let's first start talking about you. Let's talk about your background and how you got into the uh, the beer scene here. <laughs> I'll give. I'll try to give you the condensed version of it. Sounds good. I've always liked beer, and I'm going back to the days when there were very, very few choices, obviously. I mean, fewer than, less than 40 years ago, there were 80 brewers in this country. Now there's close to, close to 9,000. So, you know, the options were very limited. But to answer your question, I've been a teacher for many years, and during, I guess it was uh, the holiday break, a parent of one of my students gave me a book on beer. And I thought, wow, this is really cool, you know, and I'm reading through it. I'm thinking to myself, I'm wondering if, if I could carve out a second career for myself doing something like this. And uh, I contacted the local newspapers, which I, I think was called the Bridgeton Evening News, no longer exists. Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, there's an event taking place in Pennsylvania, beer festival. Well, you know, at that time, there weren't too many beer festivals also. Right. And I said, how about if I cover it? I'll cover it for you, give you, you know, whatever you want, take some pictures. I ended up doing, I think, a 750-word piece along with a couple of shots. Um, and they, they published it. And, and I thought, wow, this is fun. And they offered me a monthly a column mm -hmm. for the newspaper for the grand sum of $25 per column. Wow. This is amazing that, that, yeah. that this could happen. <laughs> you know, to try to fast forward, you know, you, you meet people and, and in, in any in any industry, hopefully, if you're doing a good job, you know people will find out who you are, and um, eventually, getting you know, moving ahead quite a bit. I, I ended up writing for some magazines uh, on a larger basis, some couple national publications, and then a former student of mine who ended up being a consultant on the show Hoarders. I'm sure you've probably heard of that show yeah. if you've not seen it. She's a psychologist, and she um, she said, you know, the History Channel is looking to put on a beer expert. They want to talk about the discovery, the possible discovery of beer. Do you know anything about it? I said, well, I, I know common thoughts relating to that subject. I know what's generally accepted. I said, I, so I do know the concept. So she said, well, how about if I set up an interview for you? All right, cool. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So mm -hmm. one of the producers contacted me, I think it was on a Friday night. And we chatted uh, by phone for probably a half hour. 72 hours later, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> really? filming for the History Channel. I filmed for, I think, probably an hour, 45 minutes, which was condensed into six minutes of content. But um, they ran the show. The show that I did just ran repeatedly for seven years. Uh, it was the show on the discovery of, you know, just the discoveries, firsts. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like I said, it ran for about seven years. And... Uh, then I, got, I ended up getting a book deal, for goodness sakes, and I published a book called Artisan Beer. And um, moving ahead, now I'm teaching beer classes at Wilmington University, which is amazing because when I was hired, I said to my dean, I said, you know, I used to have to sneak beer in the class. Now you're paying me to bring it. So, <laughs> I love just that. Kind of amazing. Yeah. And now, um, as you know, Matt, I'm working for uh, WHYY, Channel 12 out of uh, Philadelphia, and I'm doing beer reports for them on a show called You Ought to Know, which airs Friday nights at 7.30. So I'm on there every, it's every three months or so. Awesome. And you're also on Pop FM here. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I've known the company now for, for many, many years since they started. And uh, we do a show called What's on Tap every other Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, we started doing it every Sunday and I had to, <laughs> I had to scale back a little bit because mm -hmm. I just, 
I bit off a little more than I could chew. So we moved it back to every other week. And um, I do have several people working for me. I have a gal named Rachel Benkowski out of Arizona, who is a beer historian. She's also an Egyptologist. So she's a sure. fascinating woman. And she does uh, sends me reports, uh, I guess, every three, four weeks. And I have a couple of, of local people from the shore area who cover uh, happenings, not necessarily in their case beer, but just uh, things going on in southern New Jersey, which may relate to, to beverages, which, again, are not ne necessarily beer. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So you are definitely considered a beer expert. Right. That just means I. That just means I drink a lot, Matt. That's yeah, all. I, mean. I know. I know. But what else? What else goes into being so knowledgeable in this space? What goes into it? I read an awful lot. I was privileged to meet uh, in the 1990s a fellow by the name of Michael Jackson. Now, I don't want you to think of the uh, pop singer. <laughs> I'm talking about Michael Jackson, the beer uh, legend out of England. I was able to meet him and eventually tour with him, and he actually spent a night here at our house. Just. We just discussed beer and I would take him out to different places in South Jersey, Philadelphia, Delaware. You know, as, as he was here for several days and I learned so much from him. But it was basically reading, 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 learning who the the most reputable people in the beer industry were and still are. And uh, tasting different things. You know, again, I'm going back to the time when there were very few flavors out there. Everything was a, a very... Uh, low alcohol, nondescript lager in the Bud Miller Coors realm. And I'm not putting them down because they're obviously doing a good job. Most of the beers that are sold in this country come from that type of uh, company, the mass marketed breweries. But I got to learn different styles. And from there, I talked to brewers and brewery owners and learned so much from them as to what goes into making a good beer. And, uh, that really is a great way to learn about the, the subject. I mean, bars are nice because many of them do carry so many different beers. But if you really want to learn what's going on in the industry and how beers are made, nothing is better than going to a brewery or brew pub and actually sitting down and talking with the people who make the beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so talk to you, you talked about how when you started getting at this, this is less than 80 brewers in the country. Now we're at a much bigger number than that. Talk about how you've seen the industry evolve since your time in it. That's valid. Yeah, exactly. I, I certainly never expected to see the numbers uh, expand to, as I mentioned, close to 9,000, which is where we are right now. Um, there are, there are it, if we can limit it to Jersey, there's certain hotbeds of where we're seeing a lot of breweries springing up, mm -hmm. such as Hamilton. Believe it, Hamilton's known for wine and blueberries, but they've also got several really outstanding breweries taking place. Um, there the only i think the only if i may be wrong but maybe the only county in new jersey without a brewery is salem county right. uh, cumberland county has one and that would be glasstown and millville and paul simmons and his wife fantastic love their beers excellent cape may county absolutely exploding um if we can move into more recent times yeah, with pandemic mm -hmm. there was talk of 25 to 40 percent of the breweries in this country shutting down and, and i was afraid for what might what might happen but fortunately that did not occur and what salvaged them i think was the concept of curbside pickup mm -hmm. and also allowing them to have their to create to buy vehicles to actually deliver in many cases so we didn't see those numbers um, happen fortunately very very few breweries shut down and um, the expansion i think is 
is probably going to continue. It's tough to project. I know how many breweries, I mean, there are breweries that are in the planning stages here in New Jersey, for example. Some of them may not get off the ground, granted, but the vast majority will. I know of a few that are going to be opening up in southern New Jersey, which was a deathbed <laughs> for breweries. Everything was like Trenton North years ago. And now South Jersey has absolutely taken off. Got about 100, I think about 120 brewers, I think, in the state right now, which is amazing. Matt, I remember the days when it was just flying fish back in the, what, the 1980s <laughs> and uh, the, the Tun Tavern in Atlantic City. And that was it. It was pretty much it. And now it's, now it's just, just really taken off. And, and you know, the customer is much more aware of, of good beer. He or she has been exposed to so many decent products that uh, they're more able to, to recognize when a brewery is not up to snuff. And there are a couple that way, unfortunately. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's zone in a little bit more on South Jersey. Talk about kind of just the lay of the land that you've seen maybe over the last just 20 years here in South Jersey, where we were at and where we're at now. Yeah. Well, uh, wow. Boy, that's, 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 that's a tough one. Uh, I like what I can, I can mention some of the breweries that I really like that have sprung up over the last few years. If that, yeah, go if ahead. that How about we talk about Bonesaw over in Glassboro? If you're not familiar with them, they're right off 55 and very near the new hospital that opened up and they're backed by a pretty good amount of money. Fortunately, they have uh, a doctor behind them and they are remarkable. They brought in a brewer who worked in California, won some awards, also moved down to Florida for a while. And he settled here in uh, Glassboro at Bonesaw and they're really, really fantastic. I love the things that they're doing. They're really on the cutting edge of, of things. Uh, I love eight and sand over in Woodbury. Uh, we have another brewery, a small one in in Clayton called Core Three, that's mm -hmm. coming up with some with some pretty decent beers. I can't, uh, and I have to be honest and say that I that I like I like Glasstown a lot as well. So um, in Cumberland County, that's that's the only one. There was talk about something coming into Bridgeton, but that didn't really take place. Oh, a couple new ones going to be opening up in Woodstown also over the next uh, six to twelve months. I think one. Believe it or not, at Cowtown, right down the street from Cowtown, really? there's going to be a brewery opening up and another one in town at a former bank that's going Got to be it. coming down. Got a new one in um, in Cape May. I'm trying to think of the name. I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. That's going to be opening up any day as well. Uh, so I'm optimistic. We're also seeing, if we move off the subject a little bit, starting to see some distilleries that yes. are picking up here in New Jersey. I believe one just opened up in Millville. Really? Uh, recently on um, somewhere in town. I can't remember the name of that one either as well, but uh, starting to set some distilleries that are balancing the picture, so to speak. And it was all, it was all pretty much wine driven uh, in part because that's a, a very intense and very loyal um, union, if you will, mm -hmm. of, of wine owners. And the state has always been more than willing to work with them. Well, now we have, like I said, about 130 here in the state of New Jersey. So there's there's power and strength in in numbers, and we're starting to see, you know, the state starting to ease up on on certain things. Unfortunately, in breweries, as you know, Matt, you can't you can't purchase food. You can yes. in Pennsylvania, but you can't here. You can now uh, have food delivered, and you can bring food to you. Uh, so that's that's a positive. And the the issue has always been the the restaurant association. Right. Who has fought this? Um, but it's a it's it's a bit better. I mean, you if you're drinking, you should be having food. Also, you don't right. want to go in and drink on, on an empty stomach, you know. But absolutely, 
Uh, Talk about, you talked about the importance of the brewer, right? You talked yeah. about bone saw, bringing in a brewer that was accomplished and, and knew what was going on. If you were hiring or you were starting your own brewery today, what, what would you be thinking about as you underwent that process? Hmm. I'd be thinking about location, number one. So okay. location, location, location. And uh, I would want to, I would want to, I want my brewer to be hands-on. I want, I would want to, uh, let's see, explore his ex expertise as opposed to me telling him or, or her, there are female brewers in the state also, what to do. He or she would have a background in, in the industry. You know, what do you want to do based on the equipment we have, based on the location? Example, if you're in eastern Pennsylvania or even in central Pennsylvania, loggers are very strong. And that's the influence of yangling. Mm -hmm. So you want to create good loggers if you're in that part of the country, for example. Here in New Jersey, uh, people love their IPAs. People love hops. But they still like lager. They still like a, a good lager. So I would definitely want... Want to bring in a brewer who's experienced and would be able to have autonomy in this, be able to decide what he or she thinks is best to, to be brewed to satisfy the clientele that's going to be frequenting our company. Awesome. That's a great answer. And talk about, you know, when you go into a brewery or you go into a bar, you're trying a new beer. What are you looking for when when you do that? What, what's what's on your mind? Where's your head at? Absolutely. I, I want to evaluate the style and see if the beer is being brewed according to style. Now, I must be honest with you and tell you that when I go out, I generally frequent the low alcohol beers for the logical reason that I'm driving. And I limit mm -hmm. myself to two, but I will definitely look through the beer list and I will, in all cases, chat with someone who's employed by the company to determine what goes into the creation of a certain flavor. Now, I'll, also, I should mention that feel free to ask for samples. Mm -hmm. Breweries will do that, and you'll be able to get a sample. And if you see something you'd like, you can also order what's called a flight. A flight would be usually four, in some cases, six, four-ounce pours. And that'll give you a really, really good background as to what's going into the creation of that particular beer. So anyway, I'm looking for a variety of styles. I see some breweries that are so top heavy on IPAs that you walk out with your mouth puckered because all you taste is hops. Right. So I want to try cross section. I want to try, I'm going to see, you know, their porters or stouts. I'm going to try their wheats. If you're doing a sour, let's try a little sample of that along with your pale ales. And again, you're going to see a cross section of ABV alcohol by volume. But again, if you're driving, you want to quite frankly, try to stay on the lower end of the spectrum. Let's say 6% on down. Absolutely. And now you talked about how the industry's exploded in terms of just general number of, brewer, of breweries, but talk a little bit how these flavors, right? I mean, we're getting these bunch of different different types of things here. Talk about how that's expanded during your time in this space. The American brewer has uh, taken from the brewing capitals of the world. And by them, by those, I mean uh, the Czech Republic, England, Belgium, Germany, and so on. So what he or she has done is to know these styles and then put his or her own slant on the beers. Example, in uh, in Belgium, you will see something called a double, a triple, and there's also a single. And that simply has to do with not necessarily saying that a double is twice as strong as a single, for example, but uh, it has to do in part with the relative strength of a beer, granted. But the Americans come up with something called a quad because we have to do things bigger and better than everyone else does, you say. <laughs> so, 
throw throw the question at me again. I know I'm forgetting a point. Give me what am talk, I? Yeah, looking? talk about the flavor. So we're talking about we got yeah. we've fruits, yeah. we've gotten more hops, we've gotten that's flavor. right. That's Go, right. Where, where are we at here? A few of them, a few companies also are coming out with very niche beers. Uh, we saw beers that were infused with cereal, for example. Right. And uh, I remember chatting with a guy a couple of years ago who was not a beer drinker, but he said, you know, I'm going to go to this particular brewer because I just want to try that beer. Mm -hmm. So he, in fact, did that. But see, it's kind of a hook, Matt. You know, you try that beer and you may like it, you may not like it, but you may be tempted to say, well, let me try something else. Right. So occasionally what brewers are doing is coming out with a very esoteric beer, a very unique flavor that they may only make one time. With the addition of virtually anything, and you can put anything in beer, Matt, you can. Yeah. And, and it, may, it may just be enough to get that customer to say, well, okay, it, it's a nice beer. I don't know if I'll drink it again, but what else do you have? And that's what's happening. So this particular fellow found things he liked, and he's now frequenting this particular brewery. Absolutely. Talk but about. Yeah, you can brew with anything. I mean, there's, I have some great watermelon. Watermelon is, is a type of beer that you see during summer as well. So. You can brew with virtually anything, any fruit, any vegetable. You know, I've even heard there was a tobacco-flavored beer coming out. I don't think I will try that, however. <laughs> Absolutely. So you <laughs> talked about these people who maybe they, they, they're not a big beer drinkers, but they want to, you know, it is a trend. It is. It's a happening thing. You're going to get invited to a brewery, maybe at some sport. What, what should they be thinking about if they want to become a more astute beer drinker? They don't, they don't dislike it. They just haven't really dabbled yet. Yeah. Uh, online is a great research tool as well. There are some remarkable websites in which uh, people can learn about particular beers, such as um, Beer Advocate is excellent. A lot of people check that out before they're contemplating a certain beer. What do average citizens have to say about it? What does the company have to say about this particular beer? You can research, 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 research. Great books that are out there. Uh, talk to people who are knowledgeable in terms of craft beer and definitely definitely go online and take a look at uh, some of the things that are out there and what people have to say about them virtually every company has a web page or a, you know, a facebook or twitter page that one could look at and get a good background as to what these companies are actually putting out there um, you know their beer festival beer festivals take place so commonly now, and, and generally you'll find representatives again from the companies that are there. I I, I can't you know I can't really say this enough, but talk to the people who are working at the breweries. They know more than anyone else. Um, there are bars. I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself, but there are bars with so many different beers on tap, but the beer server, if you will, doesn't necessarily know about them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now talk. Let's let's shift gears here at the end. Let's talk about kind of the future of beer, right? You're talking about bone saws at the cutting edge, doing some interesting things. Talk about kind of where you see the future of beer going. I don't necessarily equate numbers with strength. So when we talked about nine thousand breweries being open here in the U.S., that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that the number is going to be ten thousand next year, eleven the following year. But um, I see this movement obviously lasting it has legs whoever thought that it would be as big as it is now like i said in in less than 40 years to see an 8000 brewery growth so we'll see more springing up we'll see small ones happening uh, the cost of distribution is exorbitant 
But what breweries are doing now is they're, they're packaging their own beer. They have things called crowlers. And crowlers are little, almost little portable canning machines where you can purchase your own beer. You, know, you could try a beer there and then maybe bring a 32-ounce can of it home to try later on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to continue. They're going to continue. It's almost like the way things are in Belgium or, or Germany where you have a brewery in virtually each town. Um, no one's going to necessarily strike it real rich. By striking it real rich, I mean hope for Anheuser-Busch to buy you out. Yeah, I don't think right. people are in business for that. But uh, you can sustain a pretty good income, um, and you can sustain a very loyal clientele. And that's what I see the breweries around here having. The people who frequent them, they're regulars. These are locals, and they love the beer, and the companies are putting out fantastic beer. Where can you get fresher beer than go straight to, to a brewery or brew pub? Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's shut it down here. I want want you to tell the people again where they can find your work. They've loved the interview. They've loved hearing you talk about this topic. Where can they find out more about Gary? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, what's on tap? As you mentioned, Matt, every other Sunday at 1 p.m. here on Pop FM 99.9. Uh, I certainly maintain uh, social media pages. Thus, we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm a little bit of Instagram. And again, you could see me on You Ought to Know on uh, WHYY Channel 12 PBS. I have a segment coming out probably any weekend. I don't know when. <laughs> they don't always tell me when they're coming out. But uh, we just recently, if I can add this, filmed a segment on what goes into a good beer label. Let's say you're going into a liquor store, packaged goods store, and you don't know what, what, what you want to buy because, let's face it, there's hundreds of choices, potentially hundreds of choices. What do I look for in a label to help me ease the situation, so to speak? That's awesome. That what, That's on Friday nights. What time is that show on? Friday nights at 7.30. Yeah, I don't know, again, when this episode will air, but uh, as soon as I know, I, I always post it on social media. That's awesome. Fantastic. Gary, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Hey, Matt. Great. Thanks. Good talking with you, pal. Awesome.